0: Teachers, time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. Cause they're the ones who's coming up and the world is at night. When you teach the children, teach them the very best you can. Oh, yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. I hope everybody's had a good start to their new year. Hope you're back at it in the classroom. I'm sure you are. I know it hits fast. As soon as we get back, it almost feels like we never left. But this is a great time for teaching and learning. We're about to turn to the halfway point of the school year. So I'm sure you got a lot of cool things going on. Today, we're going to be talking about students' chemicals. Students' chemicals. And by chemicals, we're talking about the chemicals in their brain. There's so much brain research now that can help us with how we teach. But that said, it also can be a little overwhelming. So today, I'm going to try and break it down for us and give us some easy ideas that come from using the chemicals in our students' brains. Chemicals released in our body due to different factors, they they really control so much of our feelings and drive our actions. And as a teacher and an educator, understanding these chemicals and how to use them the right way really can help teaching and learning. I'm pulling a lot of what I'm going to be talking today from a book called Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. uh, Simon Sinek. Leaders Eat Last, it's all about leadership and how to use chemicals in leadership. No one's a bigger leader in the world than the teacher in the classroom. So that's why I'm sort of transferring this over to what does it mean to us in the classroom? How can we use these chemicals? First, we're gonna talk about two of our selfish chemicals the first one is endorphins this is when we hear about often endorphins mainly come from exercise manual labor or laughing that's how endorphins get released into our brain they produce a good feeling that actually masks pain that's why a runner will say they're on a runner's high because they have so many endorphins going that they don't even feel the pain of running that's taking place with hard work hard work in the classroom it releases endorphins. And the other thing that helps is a little lightheartedness. So if we have students working hard and there's a little lightheartedness, a little laughter in the classroom, that can really help students release endorphins in their brain. And when endorphins are flowing, it's really hard to feel afraid or to feel anxious. So it really opens us up to learning. So we really wanna get students endorphins flowing when they're in our classroom by having them do hard work and by letting them laugh and laugh and have some fun while they're at it. The second selfish chemical is called dopamine. Dopamine is the good feeling we get after completing something. When you check something off your to-do list and you get a little shot of a good feeling, that's actually dopamine being released into your brain. Humans, we are a goal-oriented species. And because of this, we get bursts of dopamine often. We can get them for very little things, but we get a bigger hit of dopamine in our brain after a large accomplishment. One thing that's scary about dopamine in the common world is social media can completely hijack this and it has hijacked it for a lot of our students. Every time we check our phone and we see a like or we see a text message or even a push notification, every time our phone tells us there's something for us, we actually get a little shot of dopamine. And this is why so many of us get so addicted to checking our Twitter feed and checking our Facebook and checking our Instagram and our text messages because every time there's something there for us, we actually get a shot of dopamine. That said, we can also use this in the classroom. Students should accomplish small steps on their way to larger goals, if they can feel like they've accomplished a small step, they will get a burst of dopamine, which will feel good and will get them to keep going. We want them to crave the good feelings created by these bursts of dopamine as they strive to learn and master skills. So we need to have small steps and quick hitting accomplishments that help them get the dopamine flowing in their brain. Okay, endorphins and dopamine, Simon Sinek refers to as the selfish chemical, Then he talks about two selfless chemicals. Selfless chemicals are different. They make us feel valued by others, trusting of others, and really give us even a feeling of belonging. We are also a social species, and we are often driven by these social chemicals. In, I mean, the biggest thing is in classrooms with feelings of security and fulfillment and belonging, trust, camaraderie, you know, all that good stuff, students really open up to the vulnerability that is required for learning. And when we don't have this social element in the classroom, students will actually physically in their brain, they'll physically shut down and they will detach chemically. The first selfless chemical I'll talk about is serotonin. Serotonin, this is the feeling of pride we get when we feel like others like us or respect us it makes us feel like we can take on anything serotonin encourages us to work hard to make those around us proud so it's that feeling when you know you did something well and somebody says nice job nice job that's when we get a hit of serotonin in our brain as educators we need to create this feeling we need to create the feeling of we are a unified group working towards common goals and when someone makes it to a goal we need to celebrate that person so that they feel pride and they get a shot of serotonin because once they get a shot of serotonin, they're gonna wanna get more shots of serotonin in their brain. The more they get it, the more they will crave it and the harder they will work to achieve. The second selfless chemical is oxytocin. Oxytocin, this is actually most people's favorite brain chemical. It is the feeling of friendship, love or deep trust. Oxytocin is what makes us social. It's the feeling we get, you know, when we do something nice for someone or someone else does something nice for us. That that good warm feeling we get, that's actually actually oxytocin in our brain getting stimulation, stimulating our brain and giving us that warm feeling. It really dictates when we can be vulnerable and open versus when we should hold back. So when the oxytocin is flowing, we can feel vulnerable and open and when it's not we really hold back. Whereas dopamine is instant gratification, so immediately we get this quick burst of good feeling. Oxytocin is way more long-lasting. We feel it the most when we are in our tribe or in our family or in our group of friends. And we really feel like we belong that's when oxytocin takes over and we get a steady good feeling and it gives us a feeling of calm a feeling of safety and it even improves our problem solving abilities so clearly we need to build this type of classroom that feels like a tribe feels like we're together so students feel safe and they have that long lasting good feeling of oxytocin so in sum in the classroom, we need to be sure to, number one, stimulate endorphins through hard, meaningful work coupled with laughter, hard, meaningful work with laughter. Number two, stimulate dopamines in our students by helping students set goals and monitor their completion of these goals. Number three, stimulate serotonin by publicly celebrating students' success. We want them to feel proud. That will make them wanna feel proud more often. And number four, we wanna stimulate oxytocin by creating a sense of togetherness and working together as a team in the classroom. Just think of it, the opposite of of this is a classroom where students are working on work they perceive as meaningless while also not having while also not laughing or having any fun. Assignments are disconnected from one day to the next. Progress is never celebrated and there is no sense of team or togetherness between teachers and students. Obviously, that is not your type of classroom. I'm sure of it. If you're taking time to listen to educational podcasts, that is not what your type of classroom looks like. These there are. We need to remember, by the way, there are all sorts of other chemicals that work against learning. So many other chemicals and we need to make sure we are activating the right ones. So, Have kids work hard toward meaningful goals. Help them laugh along the way. Celebrate publicly their success and build a family environment in the classroom. If you do those four things, all the right chemicals are gonna be firing in your students' brains. And as a result, teaching and learning will improve. Let's make the chemicals in our kids' brains actually be allies in the learning process. That's it for this week. I hope you have a great couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Reach out to us with any questions or ideas via email at teacherscupofcoffee at menloed.com. And until next week, keep doing all the wonderful things you do out there in the classroom. You have the most important job in the world. We'll see you in two or three weeks here at the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Everybody, no more sleeping in bed. Oh, wake up everybody. we